0: Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: I don't care who it is. Yes, do give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's forty yards. It's forty yards. There we go. Touchdown!
0: You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the week, and we've got the Senior Bowl this week as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 226. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I catch up with an Eagles legend. Former Eagles cornerback Bobby Taylor joins the show. I caught up with him down at the East West Shrine Bowl in St. Petersburg, Florida. He was kind of an assistant coach, a mentor. to some of those guys down there in St. Pete. So we talked about his playing days. He told a couple of good stories. We talked about playing the cornerback position, what's important, what do you need to have success in the NFL. So we talked all about that with Bobby Taylor down at the East-West Shrine Bowl. After that, we're going to get into what all 32 NFL teams are doing this week down in Mobile, Alabama. All the scouting staffs are down there, all the GMs, a bunch of coaching staffs are down there as well. So we'll talk about what's going on at these all-star game pra- practices and, of course, with the game at the end of the week. So we'll hit on that uh, at the end of the show. Now, before we get into Chalk Talk, real quick, just a couple quick reminders. Number one, over on the Journey of the Draft podcast, uh, driven by AAA, every day this week, we are having a podcast recapping action from Mobile, Alabama. So make sure you go tune in to the Journey of the Draft podcast, driven by AAA. Uh, you can find that wherever podcasts can be found. We're going to have interviews with Eagle Scouts. You don't want to miss... Everything that's going on uh, over on the Journey to the Draft podcast driven by AAA. Secondly, with this podcast, obviously, I've told you, we're going to keep going here every single week in the offseason, but the way to make this show better, this survey that we've got going, it's only live for another week or so, so all you have to do you can go on to PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Eagle Eye Survey. You can go to my Twitter page at FDuffy3. You can go on to your phone where you're listening to this podcast right now. Go into the app and just kind of scroll over and click on the link of the survey. It's right in the episode description. You can go find that. Take that survey. It takes a couple minutes, You know, three, five minutes long. And all it's about is about content. It's about making this show better for you at home. So if you consider yourself a loyal listener and you want this show to be as good as possible, just go and take a couple minutes. Let us know what you think. Really, really appreciate the feedback and all of you that have already done it. There have been hundreds of you that have already done it. Really, really appreciate the time that you spent to go and fill that out. It really, I can't tell you enough how much this helps us moving forward into the offseason and obviously into the 2020 football season and beyond. Alright, that being said, housework is done. Let's now get into Chalk Talk here with Bobby Taylor. A lot of fun here from the Shrine Bowl. It's time for Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Well, please be joined this week on Chalk Talk on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, by Eagles legend Bobby Taylor. Bobby, uh, welcome to the show. Man, thanks for having me. Oh, it's uh, we're down here in St. Petersburg, Florida. We're at the East West Shrine Bowl. Uh, you're here as uh, kind of like an ambassador, an assistant coach, a mentor for these guys. T- tell us about what your role is and uh, just you know how much you've enjoyed kind of working with these guys on the field. Yeah, so my role basically is to you know try to help these guys when it comes to
1: advice, whether it's in between the lines or off the field as well. And, you know, I've had a great, great job being here. I mean, the guys are very receptive to you know, some of the things that my and experiences that I've been able to go through and and even some of the mistakes that I've made as well. And that's one of the things that, you know, I try to um, point out to those guys. I mean, I'm I'm like, look, I want you to learn from some of the good things that I've did and from some of the bad things as well. And so, you know, we have a pretty good group of guys and, you know, these kids are the next generation. And, you know, one of the things I tried to tell them is that, you know, because some of the guys were maybe a little bit disappointed because the – the Senior Bowl is next week, and sure. you know a lot of guys wanted to get invites to that. But I'm like, listen, guys, the league is 45 to 50 percent undrafted guys, yep. and so you know you don't have to you don't have to be a first round pick to make it. I mean, there are a lot of times where those guys end up fizzling out, and um, you know, so just keep your head up, keep working hard, and if you if you do that, somebody's gonna notice.
0: Did you have a guy uh, when you got into the league or when you were coming into the league that that you leaned on, especially earlier in your career?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, we still stay in contact now. Mark McMillan. OK, I mean, yeah, he was, sure. um, you know, I know it was disappointing me coming in because Eric Allen was leaving and I know how close those guys were. But I mean, Mark took me up under his wing and, you know, he showed me the rope, showed me how to work. I mean, if I had extra questions when I wanted to go to his room during training camp. Um, down in Westchester to ask him different questions and things of that nature. And, you know, he gladly, you know, offered me all type of, um, advice and, you know, we still stay in contact now, and he's doing good things, training, um, working on the youth, youth circuit, and I think mm. maybe possibly going into college coaching as well. Awesome. So, yeah, Mark McMillan, that's my guy.
0: So I want to uh, bring you on the show to talk about the cornerback position and, and the, the traits that are important, the, athletics, the athletic traits that are important, but also uh, what skills are most important. And uh, For first question, what athletic trait, long speed, short area, quickness, uh, change of direction, what athletic trait do you feel is most important for a corner to have?
1: Well, I think you you have to have some some quick twitch whether it's um you know from from good footwork, um your hands, and then also I think you know good eye coordination as well cuz a lot of times you know you have you have guys that may be fast, but when they get that, get out there on the field with the schemes that are involved, they're not, getting a good, they, they're not getting the good, they're not getting the right reads. Mm. And so you not only have to be, you know, act athletically talented, whether it's, you know, good footwork, good hands. Um, you know, a lot of times when we break our huddle, we say hands and feet because, you know, those are some of the things that you're always trying to work on, whether it's your hand placement, mm. um, your footwork. Um, you know, if, if you're playing man to man technique and, you know, you have outside leverage, making sure you stay, stay outside knowing that you have the guy, um, That's going to be helping you on the inside. And so I think all of those type of things It's a big melting pot mm. of I- ingredients that um, make up a good defensive back. And then also just having a short memory, because, sure. you know, when you're out there, you know, I say in, in, in no disrespect to the D line or, or the linebackers, because we love those guys. But when they miss a tackle um a lot of times it goes unnoticed but when a defensive back miss, misses a tackle you know David Acres Aker, is running out you know <laughs> kick kick kicking the f- extra field goal <laughs> I mean kick kicking the extra point because yep. it, it's a touchdown being scored so you have to have a short memory um you know cuz you you you're out there I call it the autobahn mm-hmm. you know those guys are out there running you know the 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 heels and you know like the receivers that they have in in Kansas City it's like a track a track team you, sure. you're going up against and and so it, it gets it gets kind of tough out there, but you just have to have a short memory and then combining those other ingredients, and I think you can have a good defensive back.
0: You talked about hands and feet, and I wanted to ask you about playing press coverage. Mm-hmm. What is more important, a guy that has good feet up at the line, or a guy that is able to use his hands and disrupt the receiver early?
1: Well, realistically, I were, if, if I had to choose between yeah. the two, which one I want to be better, I would say your your, your footwork okay. because I think a lot of times mm-hmm. when and I and I talk to the young kids. You know, they, they're, they're trying to just kill these receivers, you know, when they're trying to jam it. I'm like, look, guy, you just want to try to control them, mm. you know, because if you're going against a good receiver nine times out of ten, you're not going to knock them off their feet. You right. know, so you just want to try to keep your leverage, you know, from a footwork standpoint, put put your body in the right position and then use your hands to try to guide them in the right direction. And that that that's how I'll try to teach the position.
0: Did you play other sports growing up? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, a lot of times
1: now you have the specialization of youth sports. Yeah, sure. I mean, there are all type of articles about that. And I think there's some truth to it because you have – you know, kids and their parents. And I, I don't know who's making the decision. The kids or the parents. But, um, you know, a lot of these kids are specializing in one sport when they're in elementary school. Yeah. And I think for me, I started off as a track athlete. That's the first sport that I started playing. Then I transitioned into football and basketball. Right. And I just played those, all three sports. And I think there are specific skills in each one of those sports that helped me become a, um, you know, pretty good cornerback. Because I tell kids all the time, like my football testimony was I was the number one safety in high school going into college. And I started was fortunate enough to start at Notre Dame my, my freshman year. And we're in, we're in spring ball. And Coach Holtz is just like spurred a moment in a scrimmage. We're like, Hey, Bobby, I want to try you a corner this time. Cause one of, our, one of our safeties was having a, a hard time and he was a senior. And I was like, Coach, I'm, I haven't played corner since I was a sophomore in high school. <laughs> so I played corner in the scrimmage and I never, I never played safety again in my life. Yep. And so playing, I think all of those other sports helped me, especially basketball and, you know, track as well. And it was a, you know, pretty good, transition for me
0: and you played both inside and outside for jim johnson in the eagle scheme uh what does it take to be able to have that ability to make that transition inside because a lot of people say oh you know this guy he's he's short he's got to play inside if he's never yep. done it before there's a lot more that goes into that what is it that goes into that transition
1: you know what i think for me it, it was one of those situations where like I, I played left i played on the left side i played on the right side i played on the inside and so it was just something just for me i just think organically i i, I was just doing from day one When I started playing football and when I got in, you know, the the upper echelons of, you know, playing in college and then in the NFL, it it wasn't a problem. And, you know, for me also, I was just trying to get on the field as a young guy, as a sophomore. I was fortunate enough to play on varsity. And, you know, we had a lot of great upperclassmen. And that was just a way for me to get out on the field. And so I'm like, look, I'm not going to say that I'm just specializing in a playing right cornerback. Right. I'm not going to sure. just limit myself as that. You know, I'm just a defensive back. And so put me in wherever. And, you know, Emmett Thomas and Ray, Ray Rhodes, when I got to, um, you know, the Philly, you know, I wasn't able to start starting off, but I was the starting nickel mm. and I played probably 30, 40 snaps a game. And, you know, that helped with my transition as well.
0: So I've got an important question for you. And it's one that I think a lot of evaluators, a lot of scouts will say, one, will feel one way about this or feel the other way. Are ball skills teachable or are they coachable? Or is that something that you either have or you don't for, at the cornerback position? You know what? I think it is teachable. But you just have
1: some guys that it just naturally comes to. Yeah you know it just it, it just it's just natural like like for for example like a running back that's able to shake guys within a phone booth right. and you know they're able to spin you know do, do the spin moves and all of those type of things jump cuts some of it just come natural natural and so, some guys ha- have to you know work at it as well
0: we had Troy Vincent on the show a couple of years ago and he told stories about uh Al Harris uh, yeah. how you guys kind of coached up his balls because he worked with them every single day and he's mm-hmm. <laughs> Troy actually told me he said he had the worst ball skills I had ever seen when he first got and then as eventually by the time he you know got to become the player that he was he was able to play the ball down in the air so I that kind oh, yeah. of play oh, point. Oh,
1: oh absolutely and it's, it's crazy because like just from a pure just man-to-man cover guy I mean he was probably a better cover guy than myself and Troy I mean right. Jim would say it all the time mm. Jim Johnson would be like look Al Harris is our best pure man-to-man cover guy mm. and that was something that he worked with that he worked with like over and over and over and over again and you know it's funny you mentioned now he's getting i think he's getting ready to get inducted into the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame really next so. year, so yep. that's that's a that's that's a definite success story right yeah, there,
0: no question. And then uh, last question for you is just people talk about competitiveness all the time at corner is something you can't necessarily measure. We mm-hmm. can't necessarily always see it out in the practice field uh, in this kind of situation where it's not as high intensity. Uh, but talk about competitiveness and how much that matters at that position. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, you know, you you you're in a, a spotlight. You're, you're in a spotlight being out there because you know everything you do missing a tackle, um, you know blowing a coverage yep. i mean you can be exposed and so being competitive always wanted and because every coverage pretty much works itself out to be a one-on-one man-to-man mm. um, type situation whether uh, if it's a zone if it's a zone blitz or, or is it just a man-to-man coverage being called in the huddle it all works out to you basically playing man-to-man at the end of the day and so the the, the high competitive guys more than likely are the guys that are being successful out there and then also when something bad happens, right. you're able to step right back to the line like it never happened.
0: Did you have a favorite coverage plan? Did you play? Did you like playing
1: man to man? You know, what? I love playing man to man, but it's like sometimes we would try to politic Jim to be like, "Hey, <laughs> Jim, can we play? Can we play zone? Because when you're in zone, it's easier for you to get interceptions. <laughs> because when you're playing man to man, you got your back turned. But you know, we had guys like. You know Jeremiah Trotter and all them. Like, no, no, we need to play zone. That's our bread and butter. You guys, that you guys are here to cover. I'm like, listen, man, you being selfish. (laughs) So that was like a that was that was like a tug of war. That was tug of war because like at the end of the week, an an exercise that Jim Johnson would always do, what he would give us different scenarios: first and second down, third and short, third and long, and like ask us, like, look, guys, what coverages would you like? And so we would come in and I know what Trotter and, you know, um, Mike, um, um, Ike and all of those guys wanted to call. It was something that involved them blitzing yeah. <laughs> and, you know, involved
0: us playing man to man covers. But, you know, it all worked itself out. I, so if I remember, I broke down a game that you guys, you had a big interception against the Falcons. I think it was right yeah, six. that was a playoff game. That, was, a, that was, a, was that was was that his own, that was his own concept. That, wasn't yeah. It? Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah it I, was. I, we broke that down a couple years ago and it was a, a really fun breakdown. It's an old school all 22. You can go find that for the people listening. Okay. Uh, on Philadelphia Eagles.com. But Bobby, really appreciate the time here at the, at the Shrine Bowl. Uh, Best of luck, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me. Well, great stuff from Bobby Taylor. Uh, you know, this is a guy that I watched. You know, when I was growing up as a fan, I was a teenager when he was playing, and uh, I didn't want to kind of date him at all and make him feel bad. But he was one of my favorite players, uh, and on that Eagles defense when I was growing up, uh, certainly fun to catch up with him. We've had so many of his teammates on the show uh, in the past, including uh, Troy Vincent, as I mentioned uh, in that interview. So it was fun to catch up with Bobby. and uh, Look for all of our X's and O's content because he's he talked a lot about secondary play. We break down secondary play a lot uh, throughout the course of the football season. I post all those breakdowns on my Twitter page, at FDuffy3. Really appreciate all of you that go on Twitter and Facebook or you know YouTube, all the different social platforms and share this podcast. It's a great way uh, to support the show and I-, I love all of you guys for doing it. The best way, though, is to go on to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, wherever you listen, leave us a rating and leave us a comment. And I want to give a shout out to a couple of people that have done that over the last couple of weeks uh, You know, because, again, really appreciate everybody that does this. We're going to go with Big Daddy PB. Left a five-star review saying, hands down, the best birds podcast. As an Eagles fan living in Florida, it's a must-listen. Big Daddy, thank you very much. Pride of Rock Manor left a five-star review, long review, long comment. Really appreciate the feedback from this guy. Uh, enjoy how much we talk X's and O's without dumbing it down and became a huge fan of the show this year as the personnel changed on the Eagles and they had to make all these adjustments in the second half of the year. So uh, Pride of Rock Manor, Big Daddy PB, really appreciate you guys. Thank you to you both and thank you to all of you out there for listening to everything we do not just on this podcast but all of our podcasts here with Eagles Entertainment PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Alright, I- told you in the beginning of the show that we would kind of break down what's going on around the NFL right now. Well, look, obviously all teams are getting ready. There's free agency in a couple months, right? So they've already started looking at all the players that are going to be hitting the free agent market. Pro scouts are doing that. The high level executives in football operations and the scouting side, they're all looking at that as well. But You also have to have your eye on the NFL draft. You've had other all-star games over the last few weeks, and now you've got the big one this week in the Senior Bowl. So all 32 teams are converging on Mobile, Alabama. We're going to have... Uh, the weigh-ins on Tuesday morning. They're going to get the, all the, the body types of all these guys. You're going to get obviously the measurements in terms of height, weight, hand size, arm length, wingspan, and all that. But also, you're going to have all these guys. A lot of teams will send their strength staffs down, uh, to the senior bowl to sit up close to the stage and kind of gauge these guys how they're built from a physical standpoint. So you're going to get all that from the weigh-ins. Then after that, you're going to get to practice. And at these practices, the coach, everybody that's there, they're, they're taking it in and they're watching. Typically, how they do it is they'll split up into position groups. So one scout may worry about uh, offensive line. One scout may worry about linebackers or receivers or corners or safeties. They're going to watch their positions and then they all meet afterwards. So after taking it, all the practices, they'll have meetings, talk about what they saw, some takeaways, and then you've got interviews at night. And those interviews are huge. We all talk about the interview process uh, at the combine, and those things are very important as well. We talk about the private visits and you know, meeting at workouts and things like that throughout March and April. Well, those interviews, they all start during these All-Star Games. They happened last week when we were down in St. Petersburg at the Shrine Bowl. They're going to happen this week in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Teams are going to meet with all of these prospects, as many as possible, and it's going to happen at night. Those are going to be longer, uh, more informal interviews where they're going to just kind of sit down, maybe watch some film, talk some football. They're going to talk about background. They're going to talk about all things that they feel like they need to cover. Every day, it's it's kind of Groundhog Day. As we get down there, all the teams are going to be meeting until late, late at night. Then they go out, they get some dinner, they have some drinks, They wake up, they do the whole thing all over again. By late in the weeks, we'll say Thursday, teams are starting to filter out. Some teams will leave a couple of scouts in attendance just to you know, take in the game and meet with a couple of players. Maybe if there was a guy or two that they didn't get during the week that they felt like they needed to talk to, and get some information from, a couple of low-level scouts will stay and do that. But most teams head out, we'll say Thursday, especially by Friday, uh, and they are out of town. They can watch the game on film. They'll watch all the practices back on film later, uh, at a later date as well. But that's what's happening this week. And the All-Star Game circuit is certainly an important part of the process. And it's not just about how they do in the drills. It's also about how they handle themselves, how they interact with other guys there because again, these aren't teammates that they're super familiar with. A lot of times you're they're going uh, head-to-head with guys they played against or guys that played on a completely different part of the country. So you're seeing how these guys all interact with each other, how they compose themselves, all the little things as well. They're trying to take all of that information. They come back, they put it in their database, and that helps build the board uh, as they get closer and closer and closer to April's draft. The Combine is just now a few weeks away. I can't wait till when I get back this week from the senior bowl now all my my attention will be on this junior class and a lot of these juniors uh that have entered the draft so we'll be talking all about that stuff over on the journey of the draft podcast driven by triple a we'll have some draft talk in here as well on the eagle eye in the sky podcast fueled by gatorade but a lot of football talk football season never ends and especially never ends here on the show thanks so much for listening we will catch you next week here on the eagle eye in the sky podcast fueled by gatorade for everybody here at the nova care complex i am fran duffy we will talk to you next week